at break one time he had he said that he ate a carton of Oreo cookies every night <laughs> every <laughs> night and he said something about ice cream but I was so stunned at the idea of somebody wiping out that many Oreos I wasn't even hearing at that point awesome. I was reeling Okay, and welcome back to the Essential Craftsman podcast. I'm Nate. I've got my dad here, the Essential Craftsman. Howdy. How are, how are you doing? We're doing good. Glad to be here. We're going to talk about health, and this conversation will be one part update, one part sort of review, and then we'll finish talking about some of the uh, things that have helped. You know, it's tough to be into fitness when you're a tradesman. It is hard to be into fitness when you're a tradesman because you always go home. You often, at least with carpentry and rough construction, you go home pooped, exhausted, and feeling like you've had a workout. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's hard to develop the momentum to do anything else. To start out with, um, we're going to kind of talk about the spec house a little bit. When we first announced the project, even before we announced it, and you and I were just sort of talking about the idea, maybe your first and most <laughs> significant concern was about yeah. the strength of your back and as you put it your ability to even build it at all uh talk about that a little bit what's what, right. why was that such a concern and uh we'll, we'll go from there one of the first things that people think of when they think of old carpenters is kind of a stooped posture kind of bent over and you know shoulders and elbows and wrists and knees and backs that hurt and th that's an earned reputation because there's something called chronic abuse syndrome as it applies to joints where repetitive action particularly with weight wears them out mm -hmm. and so starting about the time i was probably 34 probably starting at about age 34 man my back was hurting a lot um to the point that by the time i was in my 40s you know five or six times a year kelly would have to pull my socks on my feet in the morning and lace my boots up because i just couldn't get down there couldn't get to them. And then what, once you got warmed up in the day, you could bend over and pick up your yeah, pretty tools good. and stuff? Yeah, usually once I got to the job and got the tools on, started moving around, particularly if, if I, here's something I would do, I would start out going around picking up trash off the ground because forcing myself to bend over and pick up the trash kind of loosened me up. Mm. And I realize, I realize now that I have been turned on to stretching as the key to, to eliminating back pain for me that that's all I was doing, was taking some time to stretch, hmm. being productive, picking up some trash, light trash off the ground. But I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit. So 34, age 36 or 7, we moved back up here to Oregon. I went to work logging with Dad. And very counterintuitively, logging is much easier on your back than construction is. Because everything in logging is so heavy that nobody thinks for a second you can really move it by hand. The logs are always moved with machinery now mm -hmm. and cables. And so you usually aren't moving anything too much heavier than a chainsaw or pulling a winch line, mm. which is a pull, but it's not a dead lift usually. And so the, the, forced, the aerobic activity and the movement associated with cutting trees and setting chokers loosened my back right up while I was logging. Mm. And then I went back to construction and right away, particularly as a solo, you know, remodeler and just working by myself, if you if you ever watched the, that the crazy framer on YouTube, he does a lot of stuff by himself. Yeah, he's great, got great solo techniques. There's solo techniques for everything, and they're all hard on your body. Mm -hmm. And so my back just hurt all the time. It just hurt. 
are you saying there's, there were times in your career where you would turn work away or be unable to complete a project because of your back? I hadn't gotten to that point, but my, my um, construction business here evolved into mostly additions and remodels which is lighter work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I stepped away from the concrete. I hired Dustin more and more and more and poured less and less of it myself. And so I think just advancing age and back pain was changing the work I pursued. And so my reputation and, and my business contacts sort of shifted more to lighter work mm -hmm. than it was earlier. But I hadn't thought about it till you asked that question, but I think at least part of that was because I just started focusing my attention in areas that I that felt like I could do them more confidently. It, it, it could be that the last time you were building full houses, you were having a lot of back pain and maybe you had sort of even just mentally moved away from that into the lighter work for um, your back's sake. Not exactly. I got up here and didn't build many houses here. I was pouring more concrete. And, and the concrete is particularly hard on your back. Mm -hmm. And so as I pushed away from that, my back had been hurt enough that I morphed over into this other stuff and so I don't remember ever making a conscious decision not to build or frame anymore, but it was a segue through concrete, I think, that kind of pushed me over into uh, that other thing. But, yeah. but then this, this amazing thing happened, um, the, first, the first amazing thing. And I have to be up front, and I attribute a lot of amazing things that happened in my life to divine intervention. I just do. It's, I have reason to think that. And, and that most often for me is recognized as conversations and information that I get from unexpected sources, but not always. I had a neighbor and I was telling him about my back pain. And he said, of all things, he said, well, how do you brush your teeth? I said, well, I have an electric toothbrush. And he said, well, and he was a, a nurse. And he said, well, then while you're brushing your teeth, just bend over and hang from the hips and gradually stretch out for the two minutes that, that the timer on that electro electric toothbrush as you're brushing your teeth, just stretch out, spread your feet about shoulder width and hang. Hmm. I started doing that. Wow, a lot of the pain diminished. And then the second amazing thing happened. My, mom, my mom's health dropped off the edge of the world and I began to start providing hospice care for her. And I was sleeping in, their, in the recliner in their living room while she was back in their, in their space in a hospital bed. So I was sleeping out there at night once she got that far along. And by the third night that I slept in a recliner in a recumbent position instead of in a bed, yeah. flat on my back, I realized, wow, my back is not hurting near as much as it was just because of these two things. Wow. So I was encouraged. And that happened just about the, that happened after we did the retaining wall. Yeah. I just sort of muscled through the retaining wall, ibuprofen and muscle relaxants. Yeah. Got the retaining wall built and then started sleeping in a recumbent position. And then a friend of mine, Evan Ricks, who's a physical therapist, he said, you know, I think, I think I can help you. So he started giving me some stretching exercises and the stretching and the stretching out in the morning while I was brushing my teeth and sleeping in a recumbent position took away about probably 85% of my back pain. So the, the framing is done, the heavy lifting, at least in terms of the construction and framing is done. How, how did it do? How would you rate the back pain out of 10? You know, okay. what, would you tell, what would you tell your 2017 self who was worried about it? I, I would tell my, that self, you know, you're going to be able to do this. And yeah, it's going to hurt, but a little bit of ibuprofen and a, a few muscle relaxants, not much. Um, I like metaxalone works really good. I would take a half a tablet in the morning and I'd be good to go. Mm-hmm. 
and then just keep doing sit-ups in the morning and stretching, and you're going to be able to do it. And you're going to have Nate there, and Daniel will be there to carry the heavy items, and you're going to have a telehandler, so there won't be a whole bunch of carrying. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when you get to the end of it, it will not be your back that was your biggest problem. It will be the anxiety of building the house in front of a camera that will be your mm-hmm. biggest problem. And a general lack of flexibility, and I'm 60, I'm not 30, so there is that, but we were able to get it done, and boy, I'm thankful. You were dealing with some uh, pretty major sleep issues throughout the construction before. Let's talk about that. And in case we had a similar podcast, uh, one of our first episodes was about this, and we're redoing it because that was before that was before the house. all the construction happened. So a lot of this is going to be is going to be related. But if this is relevant to your situation, you might check that episode out as well because we were. Yep. You know, we we knew less then about it. Anyways, yeah. talk about your sleep because you've 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 kind of been on a sleep journey the last year or so. So before I dive into that, let me give one piece of fatherly advice to young guys in construction, and that is learn to find even if you can't find time to actively promote fitness. You know, if you can't find the time or the motivation or the money or whatever stops you from promote from pursuing fitness, find time to stretch. And keep that hamstring, you know that the 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 cord that goes from the back of your from your ankles all the way up the back of your legs, through the seat of your pants and up your back and ties to the base of your skull. That bowstring just gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, and it makes your back hurt. So stretch, 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 and and keep your abs mm-hmm. fairly strong. So having said all that, sleep issues. I never expected in my life to have sleep issues because like my doctor says, ordinarily you think of people with sleep issues as also having, you know, diabetes and they're, they're kind of fat and they have maybe they're smokers or who knows what it is. You think that's kind of a basket of other physiological traits, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I, that's not me. I just have really severe sleep apnea and I didn't know it until about a year and a half ago. Kelly had been complaining for 10 years that my snoring had become intense and she must have been right. So when I finally mentioned it to the doc and I took the little test and when I answered, do you fall asleep at at stoplights? Yes, I fall asleep at stoplights a lot Mm. or did. He said, yeah, you've got sleep apnea. So we did sleep studies and yada, yada, yada. And right now I am trying, trying, trying to get used to a CPAP machine. And I hope that I can, that I can develop a taste for sleeping like that. And I'm assuming that I can, because I think it would be nice to not be sleep deprived. I think there's a whole range of sleep of health problems that come from that that I never anticipated or took seriously. Mm. Do you, are you getting more sleep now with the CPAP machine? Not yet. No, not yet. It still disrupts. Uh. And I'm getting over a cold now for the last two weeks, and I haven't learned how to sleep with a CPAP machine on when I'm coughing and sneezing, and you know I, I haven't got it all figured out. But yeah. but I people whose opinions I trust tell me that it will be a huge improvement when I nail it down. So I'm keeping at it. It's just the kind of thing you have to get used to basically. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the ways you do that is by putting it on in the middle of the day and reading a book or doing something, watching television or whatever you do that you could do chained to your CPAP, do it in the day just to kind of get your, get used to the feeling. Interesting. Yeah. And I had to go through, this is my third different mask. I've got a, a, a gal, Karen, she's a great respiratory therapist. And I go into her and I say, ah, this mask is not working. Okay, mm-hmm. different mask, adjust it. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not working. And she's got one on me now that I think is going to do it, I hope. It may be hard to tell, but a year ago you were sleeping like 
three or four hours. I, I remember getting texts and emails from you and it was like 3.30 in the morning, meaning you're working. And it seems like you're sleeping a little more than that, I, right? I am. That was that was also stress driven. Yeah. Okay. So that that stress was a driver on that. But I am doing better. I, yeah. I think that I I typically am not waking up till four the first yeah. time now, and then after an hour or so, I can go back to sleep for a little bit. So it's better. It is better. It, it's it's amazing what stress will do to a person's health, whether it's sleep or their their skin reacts yeah. or their stomach, you know, whatever it is. Stress that yeah that can just destroy health and, and thought process so i i have felt diminishing mental acuity oh really and yeah memory you know and i don't know if it's anything to be concerned about but man i have been having some memory issues i think the the comfort is they tell me i've had doctors tell me that if you have um alzheimer's or something like that you don't know it hmm. because your memory loss is of a sort and so so well i don't know if this is true but I think what I have is just 60-year-old man syndrome where I just don't remember as well. Hmm. But stress, I've, I have learned, is a big driver on that. When you're stressed, you're, in, you're foggy. You yeah. know, you don't process the same. And so couple the stress with the sleep apnea and, man, I'm glad the summer's over. You know? Yeah. Um, when I've met people who are, have a really, you know, effective workout habit, they're going to the gym or CrossFit or... Mm. running and it's regular and they sleep night they sleep well and all that it's just i i i'm just so jealous of yeah. that like yeah. and it's it's something they've developed and they've worked towards but all of these things it's amazing how they work together you know you work out maybe you're more tired when you go to bed you so you sleep better <laughs> and if you are doing well in other parts of your life so that you can afford the hour a day away from your family away from work to work mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm better also it's yeah. like all of these things like it's quality of life god it's like yeah it's it's like I, I imagine people who are really wealthy who have you know trainers and all this it's like man that'd be pretty cool but yeah for a lot of um people me other tradesmen working out is almost like this luxury that i can't i haven't oh, been yeah. able to really force myself to t I, I i know i'm saying that wrong i know i could do it and and i should qualify i have been running the last um few months i've run about two miles a day now wow. which has actually been a real positive thing for me i'm working at the computer pretty much around the clock and so um that's helped and do, i don't do i don't your, know if i'll be able to do it once we're at the spec house again do your but, knees feel good and stuff yeah everything wow. feels great i, I feel great that be like i'm just like it's i shouldn't even say running it's more like a like a jog it's like when you drive by and there's like some huge guy like just trotting along <laughs> I, i'm that guy <laughs> but it feels good I don't know if I'll be able to do that once we start construction again because I'm just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's like the last yeah. thing you want to do after a long day is then go beat your body up even harder. So yeah. how do tradesmen, have you ever known tradesmen who've had a big workout? You know, I've only known one, Jimmy Howard in um, Las Vegas. And he was primarily a bodybuilder. Okay. He was about the weightlifting, uh -huh. you know. And I mean, his lunch, he would just have egg whites. The yolks would be thrown away in disdain because they weren't good for his body. Wow. And he would eat the whites, you know. That's cool. And and he was he was a little guy. Man, he, he, he was strong. He was strong and he worked hard. And interestingly, he was a laborer when I was there. And he ended up as a superintendent for Martin Harris Construction on some big jobs. And yeah. So his self-discipline paid off in a lot of ways. I have also noticed that the people who are able to instill that habit in their life and be fit and be mm -hmm. trim are often the people who are also successful and at the top of the company. Dang. And it's it just seems like it's 
not a fluke. If you can take care of your body, if you can prioritize your yourself and, and be disciplined, it's it's a related skill set to being taking care of a company or a client or whatever. What, I don't. What think. if it's just discipline? What if it's that? Yeah. What if it's goals? I mean, we haven't really we talked about goals a little bit. What if it's that that they nail that down as I'm going to do this? Yeah, I don't know, man. I but goals, I, I but have to. I have to kind of agree though that these things seem to come together at least part of the time. Well, it's true. If you if uh, you know on the opposite hand, if a person is in terrible shape and eating terrible and all that, it's it's not easy to get excited about trusting that person with something more valuable if they're not taking care of the most valuable asset in their life, their own body. Okay, so talking about construction stereotypes, I worked uh, for Martin Harris in the same company. They had me in their tenant improvement there, the part of the company that did TI, demountable partitions, suspended ceilings, pan ceilings, and they sent me over to the airport and we were putting the high, the glossy metal pan ceilings in an airport. It, there's much miles of that stuff. Hmm. And there was a couple old guys there that had been doing that for years and they were teaching me. And one of those guys, Bill Cannell was from Oregon. He was great. And the other guy, I don't remember his name, but he was very competent and he wore an apron with a lot of tools in it. And he had to weigh three and a quarter, maybe, hmm. maybe, maybe three fifty. Wow. And loose, Wow. you know, loose, but that interior tenant improvement stuff is not very physical. You're shuffling around and yeah. And at break one time, he had, he said that he ate a carton of Oreo cookies every night, <laughs> every <laughs> night. And he said something about ice cream, but I was so stunned at the idea of somebody wiping out that many Oreos. I wasn't even hearing at that point. Awesome. I was reeling. But I, I tell you what, he, I, he couldn't have lived much after, after I knew him, you know. There are certainly people who have a short straw and have genetics that don't help them out. Yeah. And it might be easy for some people. It might be a lot harder for others. It's still important for everybody. It is. But think of the difference in human experience and human perspective because it was the same company. Yeah. And Jimmy, what's his name, was eating egg whites yeah. and carrot sticks. And this other guy was going home and busting a carton of Oreos every night, you know, and they yeah. were making about the same money. Yeah. And one was at the beginning of his adult life and the other guy was right at the end of his. God. What a difference, you know? Yeah, that's, that is really amazing. It's expensive to eat healthy. That's another like important factor, especially with like, you know, you're in the trades on the bottom end, you're not making a fortune yeah. and it costs a lot of money to eat well and junk food and fast food is really cheap. In fact, that's where, that's the hardest thing for me when I'm really working on a job in some shape or form is the speed and convenience of eating fast food Man. is paramount. Bam. And that alone almost always like pushes me through the drive through lines because I don't, I'm not going to go like into a, a deli and like have yeah. them make me some like or buy yeah. vegetable. No, no, I gotta like, it's just like fuel in a tank. That's and so it. that's what it is. Yeah. You're fueling the machine, man. So I, I don't know. Someone could hopefully chime in and give us some good tips on that. I, I'm actually trying and hopefully when we start out, I'll not get in the habit of fast food. It's really a habit. That's, that's a lot of these things like with fast food. If you're in the habit of buying and eating it, it's hard to break. If you're not in the habit, <laughs> like my wife, you you couldn't like she wouldn't you could put a gun to her head like it's just not like you're not gonna do She's it. She's not doing it. So the, the the habit component to this is habits are huge. Are huge, yeah. I remember working on a job, one of your jobs, when I was 21, and it was a little deck removal, and I think you had rent run to the supply house or something, and this was a pivotal moment for me. I the deck was getting demoed, and it was probably like 10 feet by 10 feet, 
it was off Harvard, somebody's backyard, kind of a moldy old deck. Mm -hmm. And um, I was pulling it out and I flipped up the deck kind of in one piece without Mm -hmm. separating it, kind of thinking, you know, you just, Mm -hmm. I'm going to flip this whole thing over and yank it out in one shot. And I had it up on its end and I just, it just beat me. Mm -hmm. It pushed me back down. Pushed you back. I tripped back. I I fell or tripped back and and landed on my, right on my butt. And the thing kind of like hit me on the head. I I helped and and land on my head, you know, it's fine. But I, it was very much a moment where I was like, wow, I thought I had the strength and power and athleticism to do that. And I got beat and I got lucky. I know people have taken risks and failed and, you know, died. I I didn't at that time, but it was definitely a moment. And I remember thinking, wow, I guess I'm in my twenties now, so I'm not a kid anymore and this is and it what still it's beat like. me and it still beat me I, I, at the time i was thinking that i was getting old and if i was 18 oh, maybe i could have like had the power to do that um right. but the point is I, I i abused my body in that way just assuming that my strength and my i could beat this and yeah that's a bad habit to be in also it's of, a it's of, a terrible habit piecework framing is the iconic place where those habits develop and wear you out so Larry Hahn, he and his brother could build a house in a day, you know, when it paid 90 bucks or whatever it paid. You better believe they abused their bodies. Mm-hmm. They, they ran like, like, like sled dogs, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've lived that life. And pretty soon you realize, whoa, if, if I can figure out a way to roll the trusses on this roof by myself, I'm going to make all the money and I don't have to split it with a partner. And so you find ways to do that. And then you come to the point where in order for me to do this by myself, I have to lift way more weight than I should. But if I can do it today, I'm going to make way more money today. Mm-hmm. And what it boils down to is we make the mistake of treating our bodies like they're rented equipment. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, you're going to hammer it. And then you have a long, long time to look back and say, you know, I should have realized that this was, in fact, my equipment, not a, not something from a rental yard, and I'm stuck with it now. We made the video about productivity and implied that sometimes just working hard was maybe a better option. But to your point, I think everyone in the trades and working with their body should be thinking and finding ways to make money, make a living with their head mm-hmm. as opposed to their body. Yep. Not saying don't do it, not saying don't like earn that money while you're young and strong, but man, I'm sure you were I'm sure you saw a lot of 60-year-old men yep. on their knees screeding gravel. Yep. You don't want to be there. <laughs> no matter no matter how strong, how fit, whatever, just find a way eventually to yep. or, or plan a strategy where you are Yep. Working with your brain instead you're either, of your arms. Whether you're either doing something with a tool or a piece of equipment that's not tearing you up. Yes. Or you're solving problems that other people can't solve. Or you're establishing schedules that other people don't know how to establish. Whatever yeah. it is, got to work towards that. Yeah, and that's the natural order on a job site. You start doing the thing and then you you become the expert. And so you can advise and oversee or with equipment you can mm-hmm. graduate up. But what you don't want to do is party and drink and then just become e- the equipment itself That's like right. what what's my expertise my expertise is what whatever nasty labor job like yeah. you've become good at That's right um so a couple things you know using your body like it's rented equipment can include what I talked about earlier about not resting it not not changing the oil not checking the oil not checking mm-hmm. the tire pressure in the tires but just hammering it mm-hmm. you know that's a mistake. The other way it manifests, speaking of working hard, is when you have a choice between lifting more or moving quicker, move quicker. 
because moving quick doesn't tear your joints up, but lifting more mm -hmm. does tear your joints up. I used to take great satisfaction out of putting two or three two by tens or two by 12, 16 foot over my shoulder and then grunting over and dropping them on the deck. And I thought I was doing something important mm -hmm. or five, two by four, 16s on my shoulder and drop and think I should have been taking two each time and moving quicker. And you get the same amount over there in 45 minutes. Yeah. And so always substitute speed for mass if you can. We find ourselves in the position of still actually working with our bodies and hands because <laughs> we, we say this and yet in a month we're going to be uh, yeah. hanging drywall and lifting siding and um, yeah, setting, so, in, setting in 400 pound windows. Some of you computer programmers and engineers who spend all day at a computer would have valuable insight to this because mm -hmm. that's not ideal either. And you're making money with your head, mm -hmm. but it also comes at a cost. So I don't know the answer. There is a there is a serious balancing act in this in 2020 of of labor and health and food and fitness and mm -hmm. all these items. And man, let's we we got to sort it out for ourselves. We've got to sort it out for ourselves, but. Don't make the mistake of overthinking any of this. Yeah. Because I've known people who get so concerned with their own fitness that they lose track of being concerned with their fitness to be part of anyone else's life. You know, that their health and their concern and my time and my trumps every other thing. And so they become a, just a solitary gym rat with a yeah. body like Charles Atlas and not one friend or not, you know... And, and they miss the boat on families and children. And yeah. so it's easy for all of this to get assume a significance in your life that it's just out of balance. Kids really are like the, the death sentence to fitness <laughs> for are. a lot of people because when you have kids and you go home from work, you know, like your evening and your night is dominated. And for yeah. me, probably three, uh, I don't know, well, at least like half of the time I put one of my kids to bed, I fall asleep like right there with them when mm -hmm. I'm reading a book because mm -hmm. it's, exhausting there's like this three hours just like crazy hour relentless yeah relentless. and so but the point the point being um as the your generation and as you would agree like having the kids so you have them later in your life is one of the most valuable things you can do for your fitness and well-being and satisfaction it is. so it's a, it's a price it is it's a price you pay um and and for me and a lot of dads that's why the dad bod is a kind of a thing because you yeah. something's got to give and for a lot of us it's yeah. going to the gym yeah because having those kids is going to take you further towards being happy when you're 60 yeah. than than having a resting heart rate of 60 blood pressure of 120 over 90 and you know whatever the other criteria would be a lot of guys yeah. with those physical characteristics are pathetically unhappy because they burned every other worthwhile bridge i do know guys who who have done who they cracked the code they're in great shape they work out every day they eat well they have a beautiful family and kids. It can be done. This is mm -hmm. we're not laying out some unattainable yeah. thing. Yeah, no. it, this is a goal that can be achieved, or at least we can get closer to it. Um, so, how about this? Don't use your body or your family like they're rented equipment. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you got questions, you can leave them in the comments on YouTube on EC2. Uh, we added a, this service to our website. It's called Speakpipe. I don't think I mentioned this to you. Oh, what is this? It's a kind of like a voicemail system. We we've wanted to do question and answers or at least call in type things on Inter on this show here. Interactive a little bit. Well, yeah, it, but it's it's hard because live streaming is it's hard to do that. It like introduces a <laughs> a component that's challenging. Anyways, this service called Speakpipe, you can go to our website, 
record a question or a message or a comment and we can then in the in a show here play those and answer those so it's a way to do a q a in a more controlled awesome. way so, so if there's a there's a, one of you guys comments a lot on both channels and your handle is psid vicious sid vicious yeah okay man your comments are so spot on i can tell you have decades in the trades man you you are always on the mark and i would love it if you had any specific questions or comments that you could get to us in that way i'd like to meet you for that matter but anyhow scope that out if you can so sid. i'm going to put that on our website speakpipe go to essential craftsman slash podcast and i'll put a link there where you can find it and maybe in one of these next episodes or two we can do a sort of it's not going to be call-ins but we can at least hear from some of you and uh, get some answers to your specific questions yeah. right from the horse's mouth yeah all right we'll catch you next time thank you thanks <laughs>